1: Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth. This is Kim. I'm so used to to leaving a pause for Eden, and she's not able to be here. Um, She will be back soon. We miss her, and this is my second time doing the show solo. So I am going to be interviewing someone for a part one, part two episode, and I'm really excited because this is someone that is a soul sister to me that I've known for years, and I'll, I'll introduce her, but I'm going to tell a story about her before I go into her bio. So Tanya Brown is a dear friend of mine. And my first memory of her, she knows, it was about 10, 11 years ago. I was at a personal success development seminar. It was like a three-day seminar and enjoying it, socializing, networking, learning, And I get a phone call that a very, very close friend of mine passed away suddenly of an aneurysm. And I was just in complete shock. And I did not yet know Tanya. And I'm in line in the bathroom just figuring out what I'm going to do. And I'm like, I can't stay at this. I'm just a mess. I can't stay here. And she just saw the look on my face. I still have that picture in my mind. And she knew that I had lost someone from looking at me. And she goes she's like, what happened? Like, who did you lose? Come here. And she's like, I have something for you in my car. And she gave me this book that had a chapter she had contributed to about grief and how to handle losing someone. And I'm getting all these goosebumps. So I think that person that I lost, her name was, her name was Crystal, but uh, I feel like she's here listening anyways. So that was life-changing because I went home and read it and it really helped me and um, somehow because of mutual friends and people we connected with through the years, we stayed in touch and we have now, Tanya and I have spoken at so many events together and done so many projects together and texted each other and hung out. And so I'm just really grateful she's here and I'm gonna tell you about her. So Tanya Brown is the youngest sister of the late Nicole Brown Simpson. Honoring Nicole's memory, her family founded the Nicole Brown Foundation, dedicated to educating communities on strategies for domestic violence prevention. Tanya has also come forward to speak about her own personal struggle with mental illness. She fought to overcome an eating disorder, depression, anxiety, and unresolved grief after enduring the loss of her sister and several close friends. It was when her fiancé canceled their wedding four days before the ceremony that an emotional tailspin was triggered, resulting in years of self-destructive behavior. She was admitted to a behavioral health department in Laguna Beach where she received treatment for three months. Tanya now shares her story through public speaking to promote mental health, wellness, and destigmatize mental illness. Her best-selling books are Finding Peace Amidst the Chaos, My Escape from Depression and Suicide, and The Seven Characters of Abuse. She holds a bachelor's and master's in counseling psychology and is a certified life coach. She had an exclusive featured story in People Magazine and has been seen on Katie Couric, Anderson Cooper, Larry King Live, The Insider, and more. And she's a keynote speaker on the epidemic of mental health concerns and domestic violence in our communities. So woo, you power woman. And I I (laughs) want to say something important too, besides helping me in the beginning, I had recently have gone through struggles of my own and you've just inspired me. I'm like, she got through it. I'm going to get through it. And so thank you for that.
2: Yeah. You're uh, as you're reading this, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, from someone like maybe like a bystander would be reading this with me. I'm like, you know, as you know, you'll be able to relate to this where it's just my story. It's just an experience, but I'm like, Dang, I went through I went through a lot and God wants me here and I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. So
1: I'm so excited. Um yeah, let's uh let's start the conversation. Super excited Yeah, and thank you for that. You know, I I look sometimes we as humans tend to look back and have flashbacks and go, oh my gosh, and get kind of freaked out (laughs) instead of looking at it like, all right, you know what, that was my path and it helps fuel what I'm here for. And, okay. So you just
2: said a very operative word, feel, um, every time that I get into my dark space, I don't feel, and uh-huh. I'm an advocate for feeling and, but, you know, we're all human. We get busy with life, work, kids, family, etc. Um, I'm gonna to be totally transparent. Two weeks ago, I was like I was not feeling my feelings, and it caught up with me. I didn't catch up with my I'm stressed, I'm tired. I'm not following my morning routine. Uh, I'm all about and and Kim, we can talk, you know, we can talk about this, you know, chime into this later. but, having your morning routine and your evening routine is so key in the world of mental health oh my gosh it's um i know every time that i fall to the wayside of that and when i when i facilitate my groups anytime time like that's like i preached that stay on your schedule stay on your calendar stay on your routine your morning your evening routine, whatever that is for you, you need that.
1: Right. And
2: being completely transparent and vulnerable, I fell off that track and it caught up with me again. So I'm not here to preach. I'm here to really share with, you know, with our friends, with our audience, with, with your viewers, with the world that if you don't have that routine, when you're battling with stress, anxiety, depression, um, you don't need to be a diet. You don't need to be diagnosed with this stuff. Mm -hmm. You don't. It just it it just it creeps up on you and it it really like crept up on me like a really bad way two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It really did.
1: And but you were able, were you able to realize like, oh my gosh, I wasn't on top of things, like pretty quickly.
2: Yes. Um, but had I not um okay, so this is the first time that I'm like coming out. Um I, I went into recovery at desert hope, um, treatment centers, um, in like, I think it was March. I don't remember what people don't know is like, I lost my mom in, Mm -hmm. in November and my mom, (laughs) my mom was my role. Like, sorry, Kim. Like I would rather hang out with my mom than my friends. Okay. Right. Like my mom, my mom was so freaking solid and beautiful and wonderful in every essence of the world and, uh, or of the word. And, um, it got, it got bad. It got ugly. I, I drank a lot. And I also was, maybe this was kind of my own thing. Um, my feelings were, my sisters, Denise and Dominique, they were spending more time with one another. So mm-hmm. I felt like I was in this grief by myself. Mm. And I didn't know how to do this because my mom, like, I know grief. Like oh my she gosh. was like your rock, right? Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> like my mom was my everything, not just my rock. My mom was my everything. And um but you know, fast forward with this whole, um, you know, revelation or whatever, you know, call it, it was just like, how do I get through this? Like,
0: mm-hmm. man,
2: I have lost so many friends of mine in high school and you know, out of high school, you know, Nicole, and so much tragedy, so much trauma. But what but what is different? This time. And it was because I was grieving alone. And even though the people who are the most closest closest to you may or may not understand, please, like if you're watching this and, you know, listening to this, um, it's a whole other ball game when you are grieving on your own. And I felt I felt that. And it was the first time that I really felt alone in grief. Mm-hmm. The very first time. I mean, Nicole side, everything, like the very first time I really felt isolated in my grief. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, do you feel that it helped to go to a recovery center and just get, get back to centered? And I mean, I'm one that I, I had to go through that too because of drinking with hormone issues and realizing I needed that this was turning into a problem and I needed to stop and get different help. And I'm doing way better now. So it's, there's no shame in that. It's like, nice. you've got to do what asking works.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, Cam. where um everybody always thinks like, oh, Tanya, your life is perfect. Everything's per-. like, oh, you got I don't have this thing called life figured out. I don't. Um, but, you know, again, this is like the first time I'm, I'm coming pu- with, you know, being public. Like I have battled with addiction, whether it's food and, but um, there's really a stigma with, um, and I'm speaking, you know, like from my heart right now, like, There's still a stigma. Like, I want to share with the world in our conversation that this happened to me, but yet there's this stigma that I don't know if I'm ready for it. But if I live in that headspace, Kim, if I live in that I'm not ready for it, how many people will die because of
1: that headspace? And it has to be changed. And I think it helps. Like, I, can search how many public figures and celebrities have gone through the same thing. And not just because they're celebrities, but because then they're really, really in the public eye yeah. having gone through it, you know, That's and they're okay now, or they got help and they, they overcame or, or are dealing with it in a positive way. And so I commend you because sometimes people think, well, you went through something before, didn't you learn? And it's like, well, this is a different level that you just went through.
2: It is It's a different
1: level. And thank you for saying
2: that because at the end of the, at the end of the day, it really is. It's a different level. Um, it's a different ball game. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. And my mom always said that it is what it is. And I just always embrace that. And what can we do with our experience, with your experience, with my experience. And and I'm new, right? I'm a newbie in, in recovery. I'm a newbie with, you know, all of this. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, I am no different than the person who is on the other side of the channel here. I am no different. And that's kind of why not kind of, but that is the why that I'm, that I'm here because I am no different than you. And, you know, I guess like being, you know, a Brown, I hate to say it, but like being like part of the Brown family, everybody always thinks like, you know, we're good. We're perfect. We're right on. We're spot on. And no, we're not. We're not. We are no different than you. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're, I am no different than you and, you know, and I really want to, you know, it's crazy as a, as a world, as a society, everybody kind of wants to connect to me with, you know, the whole celebrity attachment, you know, BS. Mm -hmm. I'm so not like that
1: at all. But you were thrown, you were thrown when that happened with OJ Simpson trial and becoming so public and all over the news, you were thrown into that. We all,
2: but you know what, Kim, at the end of the day, I'm no different than them. I'm no different to, you know, the modern day stories that we hear, Mm -hmm. you know, in the news. And I'm no different. At the end of the day, there are families there are stories there are people there are kids sisters brothers that are attached to the tragedy tragedies that you know that we hear from and that we experience and I think um, and I say this with like a huge smile even though I'm sweating because it's like you know it's hot in here but I think, I really want to use my story, my sister's story, you know, my sister's story. um, Humanity. I think people really have lost like the grasp of like what's right, what's wrong, what's kind, what's not. At the end of the day, we need to be what's kind. And I remember my grandmother, my grandmother said to me. So she died when I was nine, I think mm-hmm. my mom. Yeah. So my grandma died when I think when I was nine and she said to me, always do the kind thing. And that's my religion.
1: Yeah. Peace just, and love. Yeah. Like John Lennon. It. Yeah.
2: Just uh, it's so hard to be kind. And you know, Cam, you and I, we can talk about all of our stories and bring people in to all these podcasts, but at the end of the day, let's do the kind thing. You and right. I, we know that. And we right? We know that. We know how to do that. But um at the
1: end of the day, let's just like do the kind thing. Totally. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's, you know, sometimes there's a calling, like you went through all of that when you were in your, you were in your early twenties when you went through that, right. With the Mm -hmm. death of your sister and your friends. And can you tell us a little more about that?
2: Yeah. So, um, okay. So wherever you go, there you are. And, and I always say that wherever you go, there you are, um, When Nicole was killed, I, um, I was kind of in my, in my, in my grief, of course, but also like I got accepted to UC San Diego as well as, you know, Orange Coast College here in, in Orange County. And, um, I didn't know my grief until I was sitting in one class and there was a mom and a dad witnessing, speaking of their experience of how they lost their daughter in this horrible suicidal, you know, experience. Um, suicide at the time, I, you know, I'm one of, you know, the many at that point, I'm one of the many, like, who could ever take their own life? Who would ever think of that? But yet I was that girl. and. And here I am, I'm sitting in front of, you know, this family and, um, they're talking about, you know, how beautiful their daughter was and et cetera. And, you know, just part of the community and they're just, she was so vibrant, Kim, this woman was so, so vibrant but I didn't get suicide. I didn't understand it. And, but here I am, I'm sitting in a class listening to the story, how mom and dad, you know, shared the story of how their daughter jumped off the Coronado bridge. And when they said that to me, I was like, this is real. Like, I'm not in school or in college to get an education like this is real stuff right and I I didn't understand suicide I didn't understand it I didn't get it I I only got it maybe like on a you know on a superficial level and um but I got it from that from that you know experience and when I um it was Christmas Eve. Ooh. It was Christmas Eve, 1993 Nicole calls me up. My roommates are gone for uh, for Christmas holiday. Um, Nicole calls me up and says, "Hey, Dita, my mom, our mom, says um, you're having a really hard time. You know." You know, it's like you're having a really hard time, you know, with school and all of this. And I said, I said to Nicole, I go, Nick, I don't know what this is, but I'm having a really hard time, (laughs) like a a really hard time um, getting through this. And I don't know how to get through it because when we go like through the academia world, it's like, okay, you go to school, you do this, you do it right. You get, you, you go to school, you get your job, you do this, get your academia and you move on. Uh Kim, this was something so different. And, um, it was Christmas Eve. I got the call from Nicole and she said this, she goes, I want you to write down on a piece of paper. And I'm like, okay. She's like, no, I want you to get a pen to paper. I want you to write this down. I'm like, okay. Said, okay, here we go. She said this to me delete the need to understand everything. Uh We don't need to understand everything, some things just are. I was like, what? You know, again, I'm 23, 24 at the time. I'm like, like and seven. you
1: had, have you already lost friends at that time?
2: Yes, so I lost six friends of mine in high school at the time. Wow. And you know, again, like I had um parents who basically like get a job at Starbucks whatever whatever it is, don't feel. My parents never told me not to feel, but it was like it was just one of those things. Like, okay, pain happens, move on. Mhm. And, and now my message to, you know, to you and to the people that, that follow you and follow us is hold on pain ends. It does. And, and I had no idea what that pain was until I really went through it Uh until my mom said, well, okay, basically it is what it is. Get over it and move on. And, you know, everybody has their different coping strategies. Everybody has their own coping mechanism with me. I, I didn't have anything like at all. And, um, so I figured, Hey, I can go to UCSD. I can do a full-time job. I can, you know, all of this, go to school full-time and, and all, and it all caught up with me so big, so fast, so scary. And, Nicole said that to me. She goes, "Delete the need to understand everything. You mm-hmm. don't to understand everything. Some things just are." And little did I know that she was going through her own, you know, her own heartache and headache. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that what she was going through. I had no idea. But when she said that to me, I mean, everything that I share with people now is like everything is in hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, dang, that's why she shared that with me. That's why she said that. That's why we did those things. And but at the end of the day, you don't you don't know what you don't know. And but I'm grateful, you know, for for that moment because she gave me that insight that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And we don't need to understand everything. Some things just are. And um, you know, but you know, I mean you and I really like at the end of the day, right? It's like we're passionate and we we are those clinical outreach coordinators, right? We 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 connect with people on on the clinical side. Right. But at that and then
1: this was before and then and then soon after was when she passed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, we can, you know, again, we can beat ourselves until we're blue in this face and, you know, defy and, and, and deny or whatever, you know, whatever that is, but I will never forget that conversation with my sister. I will never forget it. Delete the need to understand everything. Mm-hmm. We don't need to understand everything. Some things just are. And it just like, I mean, to us, cause we're, we're healthy, but at the same time we're healing. We're not perfect. God knows I'm not perfect. Holy cow. Like, you know, I fall off the wagon a lot, you know, I mean, last week, the week ago, I mean, grief, um, life, it, it's all encompassing. Like it just, it, it can take control of you but at the same time as long as you know like why you're here and and this is why I'm here because Nicole taught me delete the need to understand everything we don't need to understand everything right and then
1: with with that it inspired you to write your book right
2: yes yeah so and I always forget Kim because I'm all like I'm all about conversation and things. I I'm like oh my god I got a book and 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 I forget like I have a book. Um, so, my dad was going from dementia into Alzheimer's, and at that same during that transition, my mom was going through um, uh, her stage three C breast cancer, and at that same time. I'm going through graduate school. So I've got mom, dad, all of like, just all of it. And I just kind of sat back and I remember being in, I don't know. It it was like, I kind of just sat back in, in my study in, in my, you know, in my, in my room. And my mom goes, I just looked at my mom and, and she was like viewing like this beautiful, flower and like this puddle of beauty. And I'm like, and here I am, I'm cursing her out. Literally I'm cursing her out. I'm like, right. I mean, because we're human. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to pretend to be somebody I'm not. Uh, But when I saw my mom like grab hold of that, I was like, wow. I go, mom, do you ever have a bad day? She goes, every day. She goes, but look at everything I have. Kim, I have no idea, like, who my mom, like, I love my mom, but I have no idea, like, where she came from. I mean, because it's like, she was such a magnificent, like, such a beautiful, magnificent soul, where it was like, this is who I am. And. Mm And she gave me that and and i learned that from you i learned that from ursula i've learned i've learned that i mean all of us have our own story and our own experiences and but when you get cut up when it's your mom and your dad becomes a different story it is a different right. dynamic. and it's right. and it's because i um i was there that, you know, when my mom became unresponsive and I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't. And, um, but I did eventually, but, um, when you have someone that you just love and who is like so incredible and, and that was my mom, I mean, just so like, just so incredible. Um, I didn't know how to handle it. I did it. Right. And that's why, you know, and that's why I'm so grateful that you welcomed oh. me on this podcast, because even though I've gone through all this stuff in my life, I did not know how to like handle or cope with the grief of losing my mom. I didn't, it was a total different ball game, but I did it. And I think um, at the end of the day, what helps me is the Kims of the world, right? The Ursula mm-hmm. of the world. You know, I and and I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. My own sisters did not understand my grief, so I was in my grief on my own. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's really like what what set me into into the tailspin like i didn't know how to do this on my own and and that's okay like there's no shame and it is what it is and you know with people who are listening um we're not perfect we're human and i say this with like a smile on my face because at the end of the day there is hope I didn't, I didn't have that hope when, when mom died, I didn't, um, I was very isolated in my mm-hmm. grief. Um, you know, and I don't want to talk, you know, bad about my sisters or anything like that. Like just everybody does things differently. They, deal, their own way. Yeah. they deal with things differently and, and that's okay. And, but this is like, again, here comes the smile on my face, where, what can we do? So what happened to me doesn't happen to a person who, you know, is watching right now. And
1: that's why we, um, Eden and I are very involved with the Imperfectly Perfect campaign, which is a global campaign to help reduce the stigma of mental health. And I think talking about our stories and being honest and telling people that they're not alone to think they always feel alone. Um, I think they go, Oh my gosh, they've gone through it too. I'm going to be okay. And so I think that's really important. Um, We're going to, we're going to end this episode, but we're going to go ahead and come back for part two and next week. And so I just wanted everyone um, to tune in next week as well. Um, Tanya, just in case, let them know where they can find you. Okay, so I can be reached at Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A
2: at tanyabrown.net, or you can reach me via cell phone. I mean, 949-278-5550. I'm really, I at the end of the day, everybody always like, you can't give out your personal cell phone and all It's like, I screw all of that. Honestly, <laughs> if you need help, Reach out to me, and if I can help you, I will
1: find someone who can. You do. I know you do. I do so, need to all help All right, you. everybody. We'll see you in part two. Thank you.
0: For more information on Eden, go to edensustin.com. For more information on Kim, go to kimlifecoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk, Purpose, and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.